welcome to the Skincare Academy's Acne and Aging to Glow podcast. I am your host, Hayley Barnes, clinical acne naturopath, nutritionist, herbal medicine practitioner, and educator. I went from having acne myself for over 10 years to studying naturopathic medicine and not only treating the cause of my acne, but hundreds of women's acne in clinical practice to now teaching skin therapists internationally how to treat the cause of their clients' acne in their skin clinics. On this podcast, you can expect to learn naturopathic acne treatments, internal skin support, science-based skin research, holistic skin fundamentals, and most importantly, how to become the leading acne skin health professional. I will also introduce you to the most influential industry professionals that I know along the way. Also, are you in my Facebook group? This is where I post tips, answer questions, and share my professional knowledge. This unique Facebook group is like no other, as each member is committed to treating the cause of acne internally in their skin clinic and becoming the best skin health professional they can be for their clients. These therapists are legit going to change how the skin beauty industry treats acne. And I'm so excited for you to join us. To find it, search Acne and Aging to Glow on Facebook or click on the direct link in the show notes below. Welcome everybody to another episode of Acne and Aging to Glow. We have a beautiful guest on today, Isabella Lo- Lonregan. Is that how you say it? It's Lonregan. It's a mouthful. Lonregan. Yeah. Lonregan. Yeah. And I met Isabella at the Beauty Expo in Sydney this year. Um, yeah. And I listened to her talk and I came up to her after the presentation. We, we got on like a house on fire. I really resonated with her holistic holistic aspect to um her intrinsic facial and her buccal um but I'll tell you about that in a minute so Isabella is an internationally trained skin therapist she is Australia's first buccal and sculpting facialist which is amazing um Isabella has also developed her well-known method called the intrinsic facial um and that's an accumulation of Isabella's 15 years of hands-on experience um and Isabella teaches this method to other skin therapists now um yeah Isabella initially trained in Paris which is amazing to master the art of sculptural lifting and buccal massage because been around for a while it's not necessarily a new thing that a lot of people think that it is mm. um in addition to all of that Isabella is also the formulator of Reagan Skin she's a yes. clinic owner with her beautiful clinic behind her um Isabella and Reagan Skin and the founder of the Dermal Diary which is featured in Vogue Australia so welcome Isabella Thank is you. also a mum and amazing um, person in her community as well. <laughs> That's nice. Thank you. No worries. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Oh, so for we, yeah, we're going to dive in. We're going to have a lot of um, good chats today. We're going to dive into bucal sculpting and everything else, holistic skin. Great. So let's jump in. How did you first enter the skin and beauty industry before Paris, before, you know, like way back when? 
Great question. So I, like going way back 20 years ago, I'd, I'd finished my degree. I did a psychology degree at the University of Sydney and I was working with children with Asperger's um, autism, which was defined as Asperger's and autism back then. And whilst I enjoyed it and I did, I was good at it, I really felt like there was more to, to my life. Um, at the time and weirdly I had this beauty therapist that was just divine and happy all the time she was just this amazing personality this energy and every time I'd go to her for whatever it was she was just always so happy and like would rave about her job and loved it so much and I remember thinking wow like (laughs) she's really happy like what is she doing that is making her so happy so I was intrigued by her energy which is so interesting because so much of my career is reading people's energy and reacting to people's energy. So I inquired about doing a diploma of beauty therapy. That would have been back in 2001. And it was, I remember it was eight and a half thousand dollars and I didn't have eight and a half thousand dollars. I was fresh out of uni. I was still living at home. My parents were like, we're not bankrolling another qualification. Like, sorry, you can go to work. So I kind of put it on the back burner and then did all sorts of jobs. I left what I was doing. I worked for Bridge Climb in PR and sales. I moved to London and I was working in finance of all funny roles. Wow. I met um, what would become my now ex-husband, but he was not my ex-husband then. Um, I met him and we dated for a few years, got engaged. And then he said, look, I've been offered a transfer to South Africa. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, yes, yes. absolutely. So when we moved, we moved to Cape Town, we moved from the pound to the rand and the pound is worth so much more than the rand. So we were really wealthy when we moved to South Africa, which was great. Yeah. And it was that time that I realised I couldn't afford to put myself through the diploma and um, and support myself financially, which was so powerful. I was like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity. So I signed up for the course and was only really interested in facials, which funnily enough, I hear all the time from girls. I just want to do skin. I don't want to do anything else. I want to do skin, which I was sort of the same, to be honest. But you couldn't just do skin. You have to do the whole diploma. So I signed up and I qualified in um, the facials. And I it, but over there, you can do it as modular study. So you can qualify in one thing and then you move on to the next thing and the next thing. So I qualified in facials and I just opened up a little business from a spare room in my house and um, just softly marketed to the local market and started doing a few facials at home and I loved it. And I was just like, this is awesome. I love it so much. So that was in about 2007 and I opened, and then that business grew and grew and grew and I ended up having a really thriving business in Cape Town And then when we decided to move to Sydney, I sold that business in Cape Town. And when I got back to Sydney, I was like, okay, I really love skin. I love working with skin. I love working with acne. Um, I was treating a lot of acne in South Africa and successfully. And I thought, I really think I'd like to study dermatology. I think that's what I want to do. And so I was like, but, you know, it's a, well, back then it would have been about 150,000. It's probably more like 250,000 now to put yourself through medical school. It's 12 to 13 years to specialize. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God, like, do I have, do I have the gumption to be able to do that? I'm not sure. So I thought, I'm going to go and work in a dermatology practice and see what it's all about before I commit to trying to get into medical school. And so I spent four years as a dermal clinician in um, one of Sydney's best dermatology practices. And it was honestly the best four years. It taught me so much. 
And it also taught me, taught me so much about what I could do with the skin, but it also taught me about what I didn't want to do with the skin um, because it's very heavily, heavy medically based, i.e. prescription based. Mm. I learned a lot about as much as medic medicines are amazing and can provide us with miracles, they also can be very damaging. And so mm. I learned very quickly that um, it wasn't maybe the arena that I wanted to be in long term because there was a lot of emotional um, neglect in the medical industry. There was so much um, um, heavy focus on prescription medication, but very little focus on emotional support and connecting with your client energetically and nurturing them and understanding them and treating them holistically. So that was disappointing for me because I had a lot of patients arrive in my clinic in the practice crying because they didn't want to be put back on Roaccutane. They had been six months on antibiotics and they didn't want to be on antibiotics anymore, but the doctor wouldn't give them any um, alternative. The doctor just kept giving them more and more drugs and charging them exorbitant fees for the consult and then refusing to see them for six months. So as much as it was the best education of my life, it also taught me what not to do. Mm. Um, so I, I finally worked out that there was a huge demand in the industry for a business to offer treatments for skin obviously like re regular stuff but also acne that would not offer medication and instead rely on things like chemical peels for the right person the right skin care um, gut focus hormone focus love nurture energy connection all of those things so I, I left there after four or five years and opened my business and I opened to 11 clients on the first day and I knew, wow, okay, there's, this is going to do well. And it did. That was the Dermal Diary. I had it for seven years and it just grew exponentially for seven years. And then I sold it last year. I think it was last year. Yeah, I sold it because um, we'd moved out of Sydney and I had yes. two very young children and I thought I would be able to commute um, back and forth but with two babies and two COVID lockdowns and two C-sections and I had pneumonia and all of this stuff, it was just too much. So I decided, I made a decision to sell it. I also felt like I'd taken it as far as I could take it. It was seven years of um, blood, sweat and tears and it was yeah. really successful. But I felt like I needed a change and a fresh start and I'd moved to a regional town. So I thought, all right, well, I'll pass the baton to someone else. And I did. And then I opened Isabella Lundrigan's Skin um, a year ago now and launched Reagan Skin, which was my product line, about the same time. So it's been 15 years of um, immersive skincare um, and, and real nature, um, nurturing clients is my, definitely my philosophy is listening and understanding and treating them holistically. Yeah, that's your niche area of specialty because you have that psychology background and you also yeah. orthodox dermato dermatologist. Yeah, I've just done pathway. a bit of everything. So I've just kind of combined all of it and I just feel the product that I offer which is effectively me and what I do is really the product but then I do facials and I prescribe skincare and then I teach skin therapists through the intrinsic facial um, but I also teach skin consulting for clients for therapists too I just sort of do a bit of everything I've got a lot going on <laughs> <laughs> yes, you definitely do. So where did it all fit in with that story that you beautifully timelined out with the Paris 
the the yes. vocal was that yes. pre-dermal diary no so that was probably a couple of years into the, the dermal diary yeah. um I found um I started seeing this man doing bukal on Instagram and I was fascinated yeah he, he didn't speak English so it was all in Russian and I was just glued and I would spend hours on Instagram watching this, this bukal style and then I just followed all these bukal, other people doing bukal in Europe. Um, and then uh, Yakov Gersovich, who's um, one of the, the world's most well-known trainers of this style, he did an intake in Paris and I was accepted into his intake. And so I thought, I'm doing this. So I I went home and said to my husband, I'm going to Paris. And he was like, what? And I'm like, I've got to do this. This looks amazing. So I did, off I went and spent five days um, being taught under Yakov. And when I came home to Australia, I Googled trying to find people that were doing it and no one was doing it. So I realised I was the only person in Australia doing it. And it was really interesting because when a beauty therapist or a skin therapist says to you, open your mouth, I'm going to put my hands inside, it's not what you expect. You know, it's, you know, what you would expect from an orthodontist, dentist or an osteo. You don't get that from a skin therapist. So I needed to break down some barriers initially because people were just wigged out by it. But I, um, it took me about a month and then I ended up having a nine-week wait list. It was crazy. Um, and so the way I describe it is, yes, I massage the face from the inside out and it is a sculptural lifting technique, which means we release emotional tension from the face and we lift the face. But you, it's very rare you will see me post before and afters on my socials because I actually don't promote it as a um, a cosmetic treatment. I promote it as an emotional tension release option. And that's what I found really got my clients interested is that they would go to their massage therapist or a physio or their osteo to have their tension released through massage, mm -hmm. but they would their neck and face and the back of their jaw would be completely ignored. They'd get their shoulders massaged, their back, their bum, their thighs, their calves, and then they'd go home and feel just as tense but maybe a little zened out. Mm -hmm. And when I was offering this facial and then this massive tension release, they realised they could get a huge amount of stress release and muscle tension release and a facial at the same time. So all my clients started cancelling their osteo and cancelling their massage and coming from intrinsic facial because they were getting so much out of it. So I really promote it as an emotional gain more than a cosmetic gain. However, the cosmetic gain is obvious because then they look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, wow, not only do I feel emotionally relaxed, but now I look great as well. That's just icing on the cake for me. I really like to connect with the client emotionally to get that result. Definitely. And I do, I've posted a few before and afters, but to be honest, I don't either as well, because the same thing with acne, you know, everyone's focused on the congestion, is it clear, has it got the glass skin, but yeah. nobody talks about, you know, I've been able to fall pregnant, I'm able to sleep at night, I'm feeling happier, enjoying my life. I know, you know, it's crazy. It's just so, like, I, avoid, I try and avoid the superficiality of our industry because, we are stamped with this kind of beauty, like you sell beauty. And you'll see on my website, on my socials, like I challenge you to find me, find the word beauty anywhere because I don't promote beauty. I promote um, skin confidence like you, like glow, happiness out of what you're going to get from committing to treating yourself holistically. So 
it's definitely something I've moved away from. Like I used to do nails and lashes and all this stuff. I don't do any of that anymore. And it's not that I don't believe in it because all those things make us feel good. It's just not the way I like to connect with my client. I like to connect with them on a deeper level than just giving them beauty results. Mm, yeah. And like we've talked about it before, but like with um, Bukal, like it's obviously contraindication if you have level three cystic acne, things yeah. like that. Can Absolutely. you talk us through, like, has there been some situations where people have had a bit of congestion and you're kind of like, oh, I, I could, you know, do an intrinsic facial on them or, you know, I won't or what, how do you explain to them that it's not going to be suitable for them and then what's uh, your look, part? I'm pretty, I'm pretty blunt because yeah. it's usually, um, the correlation between someone's self-esteem and acne is huge. Mm -hmm. So for an acne client to come to me and, and, and I've had it before, they book in for the intrinsic, I'll, I will know their priority is going to be clear skin over having the intrinsic facial results. So I will say it's best not to have the intrinsic today. However, let me treat you for the next four to six weeks and bring down the inflammation. Then we will aim in six weeks to have the intrinsic, but I want to see this change and this change and this change in your skin first. So I get the opportunity to connect and grow the relationship in the short term and then give them a big bang for buck with an intrinsic at the end instead of racing in for what would be a money-grabbing exercise for me and just giving them what they think they want. I would never do that. So, and people are really grateful. They're just like, oh, great. I wasn't sure. So if you say it's not right, I'm going to believe you. So no, generally I just explain that um, I would prefer them to walk out with, um, you know, a less inflammation situation and not have a huge flare up because anyone that has acne, if you go then and do a contraindicated treatment and make it worse, they're just going to correlate you with the, the reaction. So that's yeah. not fun for anyone. So no, um, I feel like my reputation allows me to say this isn't the right treatment for you right now. Let's let's not do it and we're going to do this, this and this um, and in the meantime we're going to work towards that and they're very accepting. Do you think people are just maybe, um, I don't want to use the word uneducated, but they're just not empowered about what um, Bukal has to offer them and it's, it is a bit of a hype at the moment so they're like, I just want it. I just want to come in. Yeah, yeah, people just, it's like a, tr a lot of trends, you know, people just, because it's, because it's grown so much, people want it, of course, um, but they, um, they often don't think of the act, what's actually going to happen, which is that I'm going to get in there and really stir up the skin. And when you've got an inflammatory disorder, that would be the worst thing you could do to it. So I just softly educate them and um, do everything else in between and promise them that they will have it. They're just not going to have it today. Yeah. Yeah. And can you share a story, like what's your most favourite intrinsic facial story in regards to what people have feedback they've given you in regards to non-cosmetic um, uh, results, but yeah. you know, their uh, lives I've, and their emotions? I've got so many, but the, probably the top one I have was when I taught my intrinsic intensive course in New Zealand about six months ago. There was a lovely therapist there and she'd had jaw surgery oh, wow. about six months, maybe six months to a year earlier. And she couldn't close her mouth properly. And she had a bit of a lisp. And um, she told me at the beginning that she'd had jaw surgery. Um, and that, and so obviously we discussed all of that. 
But then the, the girls, like in my course, you train on each other heavily. It's four days of intensive training. By the end of the course, she could close her mouth properly and she'd, ne- she'd never been able to do that. And that was unbelievable because I'd massaged in to find her jaw and her masseter muscles to see where it was all aligned. So the osteopathic um, result of this treatment is actually very underrated um, she was so blown away by the results. She couldn't believe how dramatic they were. There was also a couple of others that cried on the course, which is par for the course sometimes because the masseter, we carry a lot of emotional tension in our masseter. So if you imagine you're angry or you're tense, usually people grind at night um, because their, their subconscious is affecting them and affecting how they emotionally, their emotional status. So we as women grind and clench a lot, which means we carry a lot of emotional tension right here. So when someone gets in there and massages that muscle, that emotion's got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon for tears to come sometimes. On that, on the New Zealand course, we had a few tears, um, and I'd explain that at the beginning of the course that that is something that can happen. So they were prepared for it. There's also a huge correlation between your pelvic floor and your masseter muscle. And women that have given birth or had a traumatic birth um, often have a correlation of a almost like an emotional trap. So the stories that come out of Bukal and what I've seen in God, I've been doing it since 2018, are endless it's just been crazy beautiful to hear and I'm so grateful for all the work that you do because we need more therapists this way uh, yes wide. we need more holistic um, attitudes you know training training is one thing but you've got to believe it you've got to feel it you've got to try it you've got to then your passion speaks through you know yeah yeah and um, that's what I work really hard in my course it's very intense I do a discovery call with every person that wants to enroll in the course because I have to understand them as a therapist, their style, their qualifications, their experience, because I need to make sure that they're on par with the rest of the students. So I spend a lot of time investing in the student before they come on Mm. and I won't just take anyone because I really feel like the therapist has to own the whole style. Mm. They have to understand it. And I don't want to take people on that are just there for, for not a good enough reason. Um, so my, um, vi- you know, I really do a vetting service the whole way through until we start the course because I just feel like I pour my heart and soul into the course for four days. I really need people to receive it in the right way. So yes. I'm quite strict with who comes on. Which is great, which is good, which is, there has to be you a know, standard. needs to be respected in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much, like I know when I was studying at uni, there's so much that I did. We had to do massage as a part of our naturopathy. Um, I wasn't really into it. I actually was an osteo to start with. Yeah. So I did six months of that. And then I was yeah. learning about fascia and I was like, you know, it was so interesting. So I suppose yeah. like me, you know, I, the, the more research that comes out in neurodiversity, neurodevelopment, fascial yeah. release and things like that, it's just going to grow and expand. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and having that there as a growing. And that's what I love about holistics is, you know, all these beautiful stories that Isabella's, you know, and she's smiling and she's, she has this passion. Every day can be different. You know, Every it's day. not like we're going to pop you on LED. We're going to do this facial or this peel or this, you know, and I know you can mix that up and you can do all different things, but this is a whole new level of creating your own workflow to be a creative space that you can tailor individualized treatment to that person holistically. 
Absolutely. And it also, like I've learned so much in doing this for 15 years. I also am very specific about my clients now because like I've been in so many situations where I feel like I'm kind of convincing the client that they need this and then they need that. And I don't do that anymore. I'm just like, I believe in my craft so much that I can sort of energetically test the client when they arrive to see how committed and compliant they're going to be. So and it depends on how much energy I'm going to invest in what we're going to be achieving with them. Um, and look, you really can only get that to that frame of mind when you've had a lot of experience. You know, I get a lot of people messaging me for mentoring and asking me great questions and all of this stuff, but you can tell a green therapist straight up. You can tell a green therapist that's dying with passion and you can tell a green therapist that has no idea where they're going in their career and they're not sure they even want to be there. So it's just one of those things that we are, and like that's why I was so glad that I connected with you because I'm trying to raise the standard of the industry up all the time. We're wanting to make these therapists incredible and really get them to understand that there's so much more to than skin than just lying down and giving someone a facial. Like it's so much more than that. And if you think it's just that, you're probably not in the right place. Mm, yeah. Definitely. No. And like, I come up a little bit with it in regards to DMs, people asking me, is it in my, am I within my scope of practice to, to prescribe nutrition to my clients to help with their acne? And I'm just like, yes. Yes. I honestly <laughs> didn't see anyone die from a carrot and a potato and yeah. a prebiotic foods. Like, you Do know, the research, we need to support these yes. therapists to really level up and own what own their craft and yeah. expand their craft and critically analyze. And that's what I learned when I went to university. And you don't need to go study four years to learn how to critically evaluate yeah. evaluate someone and, and, yeah. and really analyze them from a place of love yeah. and think, okay, I, this person is doing this, 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 that leads me down this. I'm always thinking, I'm always having yeah. something going on, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going exactly. To be the best. exactly. Yeah. So what would you say is your biggest passion right now in the industry? Obviously, you've got a lot of goals in regards to increasing standards and things like that in the holistic space, and you've got your hands in lots of different pies in your business. But as a collective, what would say is your vibe moving forward? Oh, the teaching, the teaching. Um, so at the moment, my course, the Intrinsic Intensive, is a combination of book, and sculptural, but we do a business masterclass. I do a consultation masterclass. We do a social media and marketing masterclass, all inclusive. So it's like a business course plus a hands-on therapeutic course. And I've poured, God, I wrote the manual about probably about two to three years ago now. And I've just been perfecting it, perfecting it, perfecting it. And each course I do, I change it again and I change it again. So the, the soul food that I get when I teach therapists this incredible skill is what's really driving me at the moment yeah. um, on an industry level and watching these therapists just at the end of the course go, oh, my God, this course has been life-changing. That, to me, I just am like, oh, my God, I'm loving that so much. And, and I'm still in contact with all the therapists that I'm teaching. I still have conversations with them. They ask me questions. I set them up into groups so we're communicating as a community. I really, really enjoy that. So the, my skin clinic is like a piece of the pie that I work in as a sole trader. I don't have any staff um, therapists. I just work one-on-one -on -one with my client, which is my passion. But then on the industry side, I'm um, speaking a lot, educating other therapists a lot and really delving into that 
you know, B2B, ther- uh, B2B education side and it's just fantastic. I love it so yes. much. You're right. amazing. I'm so grateful we can collaborate and, you know, yes. connect on this level. Hey, Absolutely. I just wanted to ask, um, I was thinking the other day, obviously, you know, a lot of people that are wanting more of that uplifting, you know, sculptural aspect to Bacall, um, and yeah. then they find and feel this emotional release. Um, do you attract and what is the um, contraindications with people having things like Botox or filler or things like that? So you can have Bukal with Botox and filler. You have uh, a Bukal facial within about a week of having Botox. Um, so I always say to people, you know, if you had Botox on a Wednesday, wait till the following Wednesday to have a Bukal treatment. Filler is the same generally. Um, I give it a few more weeks, especially if someone had bruising from filler. But um, around the lip area, I we go a bit softer with the pressure because we massage the actual lips themselves. So I always teach my students, um, you know, ask. You can generally tell when people have had filler in their lips when you're treating them, but then you should always ask as well. And you just go a bit softer because you don't want the filler to migrate. But no, generally you can still have the treatment around Botox and filler. It's no problem. Yeah. And what's your philosophy on that? You know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of emotional uh, things that people can do before they go down those options and it's completely up to them what they do. It's their choices. What's your um, outtake on using filler and Botox for anti-aging? Look, I'm a pro um, if you can afford it and you're not hurting anyone and it makes you feel good, go for it. I I did a year in plastic surgery after I left dermatology whilst I was getting um, the dermal diary off the ground. Mm -hmm. So I've had five years. I was actually a filler and Botox consultant. That's how I worked in in both clinics. So I'm not anti the product. Um, I'm anti 25 and under having it or even 28 and under. I'm anti that very much so. I think that's really silly. Um, Those girls are going to look really weird when they turn 50 and 60. They're going to have these really weird looking faces and then very wrinkled um, bodies. And I think that's going to be a really weird outcome for them. I have a belief that you should get some character to your face, um, which means, which usually your character comes from about 30 to 35. Which and when I say character, I basically mean get some wrink, get some wrinkles, and have a bit of character. Then have some soft Botox to soften them and sort of maintain that look. That is my general advice to people. I still like. I met a girl the other day, and she's twenty one, and she said she'd had Botox and really fell off my chair. I couldn't believe it. I just think it's silly. I I just I don't agree with that. But I'm pro if people want to have Botox and filler, you can do what you want with your face. It's completely up to you. Yeah, that's it. It, it. For me, it's just a bit challenging in regards to people not addressing um, internally how they feel about themselves and the whole ageing process and what that means to them and how much fear-driven is it, what other areas in their life are impacted from those decisions. I totally agree with that. Um, however, I I think... I think it's going to be challenging to get every woman to go and see a personal coach or a personal counsellor to address all of those issues um, and avoid having Botox. That's not to say it's not, they they shouldn't do it. They should do it. Like we should go and do self-development and self-growth and find out what's going on internally and address that before we address 
our faces. Um, but I also do have this kind of attitude that I'm like, in the end, if I say that to people, I'm kind of judging their choices and I, I don't like to judge their choices. I'm just like, if that's the choice you want to make, then make that choice because I, I don't think I'd want people judging my choices, but I totally agree with you and I can think of five to ten people off the top of my head right now that I know for a fact that are masking so many emotional issues with Botox and filler. So I totally agree with you, mm. um, but I yeah. also I also am pro-choice. And it's up to people. It's at what stage within their process of their life they're in you know not everybody's ready to accept certain things and that's fine it could be a part of the process that's leading them to uh more self-development and discovery but it often comes up in literally every episode that I've done is there's very little places in society now where women can go and feel feel heard um and feel safe Um, So when you said, you know, I don't think, and you know, every woman's going to go in and, you know, I think I agree, but I think it, you know, and that's something that obviously women with acne, you know, I've had that many consults with massive tears and outbreaks and things like that. There's a lot of anger. And so um, I think what we do also, and every therapist that I've talked to is like, I feel like I'm a psychologist as well. So you are one. That's the, that's the thing. You are absolutely one. Yeah. Um, and, and there's only so far we can delve. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there really is only so far we can delve. And funnily enough, your topic leads me to talk about why I didn't be going to nursing, because if I'd gone into nursing because of my cosmetic background experience, the natural progression would have been to go into injectables. And that's not what I do. People ring me all the time and go, hi, can I book Botox? And I'm like, no. Because they don't for that, that service. Yeah, they hear that I'm this facial person and they assume I offer Botox and filler. They go, why not? I'm like, A, because I'm not a nurse practitioner or a doctor, and B, because I've chosen not to be. Because as much as I am pro-choice about what people want to put in their faces, I I'm not gonna do it. Mm. For yeah. your exact reason, because personally, I think injecting people with stuff when I know they've got emotional issues that they should be addressing, I would ethically have a problem with that. But because I don't do it, I'm like, look, I don't do it. So, you know, if that's what you want to go and do, that's what you will go and do. But I don't weigh in on their choice because it's not my area of expertise. My area of expertise is what I do, and that's got nothing to do with Botox and filler. So when people ask me about my opinion, my opinion is, sure, I'm pro-choice. That's do what you want to do for your face, but I'm not going to be involved directly. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think it's good for everyone listening. You know, it's a conversation. I don't think, you know, and it does come up even like um, dermatologists or doctors or other um, dermal nurses, you know, and we've always taught at uni that it's complementary and or alternative medicine. So as much as sometimes I can see uh, what I've been taught and how I've been taught is very different to other skin health professionals and I don't agree with a lot um yeah, that they're doing absolutely. I still need to be professional and you know interrelate you know because people are on pharmaceuticals as well we need to learn totally. how to manage that as well so it is a collaborative but I do still think there's power in people like yourself what you just said you know stand up what you morally ethically don't feel from your education and where you're at you need to speak your truth I think you need to speak your truth and look it was challenging when I worked in dermatology because 
you'd get these patients in and I'd be with the doctor and the doctor would be administering the Botox and I'd be there assisting. And we, the doctor and I would look at each other when, this, when the client or the patient would be talking and we'd both be communicating with through our, going, through our eyes going, Botox is not going to fix this woman's problem. Mm. She thinks it will, but it won't. That was sad to me. I didn't want to have a part in that because I was like, I don't want to be the injector that's taking money, injecting this miracle product into their faces, sending them off and the client thinking it's going to solve all their problems. You and I know it's not going to solve all their problems. So that's why I've chosen not to go down. That was one of the reasons I chose not to go down that path because it's just not a world that I really want to be heavily involved in. But as I said before, I'm still pro-choice. If that's what you want to do, you're not not under my watch. You're only under my watch for skin management and facials. What you do elsewhere is is in the end. And I can we can only save one skin at a time. We can't save the world through telling people that Botox might not solve their problems. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've chosen to do is invest my time into de- developing styles and consultation techniques that help my clients the best way I know how to um and hopefully they believe that they get a lot out of it that's that's all I can hope for at the end of the day that they enjoyed spending time with me and they felt that they got a good got good value out of what I was offering them and at the end of the day Isabella it comes down to education if you're a cosmetic injector if you've gone to school you're an RN you haven't gone and done naturopathy, you haven't got nutrition nutrition degree, you haven't got that holistic understanding because you've gone into a medical model and done a nurse and an undergraduate degree in nursing. Exactly. You're not trained in Bukal. Um, so I always get really excited when I have nurses come in and do my course because a yeah. lot of my clients are nurses that come yeah, to see which me is with amazing. Testing, you know, so the clients are nurses and then the people wanting to take the course are nurses. So you know, which is an amazing tool to have uh, under your belt as a nurse. Absolutely. Um, and it's so good to be able to convert from the medical because I've had the same. I've had nurses enroll in my intrinsic. I actually had a nurse enroll last course and I turned her down initially because she was purely a nurse injector. And the anatomy is an interesting thing. It's very different when you're injecting into a muscle compared to when you're manipulating the muscle and feeling the fascia yes. and all that stuff. So at first she said, can I come? And I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if you're the right target for this course. And so I actually turned it out. And then she came back and basically begged me. And I was like, hmm. And then so then I had a discovery call with her and I flushed out what she was doing. She was actually doing facials in her practice and I didn't know. So her anatomy knowledge was much better than a regular um, RN on, yeah. on more of an intensive side. And she was a wonderful student and it was so good because I was like, we need more nurse injectors to have a holistic idea on anti-aging, not just injecting all the time. We want to make sure that nurses are across muscle manipulation, fascia manipulation, internal work. So that was really exciting. And so I definitely market more towards nurse practitioners now um, mm. as well as they're the right style. Mm. Yeah. And like, what is your um, process in regards to, say you have someone coming in, you can, you know, they're telling you they're in perimenopause, they're wanting, you know, anti-aging sculpture, like there's obviously a lot that you can do from a naturopath point of view for those women. I'm just making a masterclass about it, acne and peri- perimenopausal women. Obviously, if they had acne, they wouldn't be getting book but so they don't have acne yeah. in this situation. Like, what is your process? Obviously, you mentioned that you, you know, you talk about gut health and you talk about nutrition and hormones and things like that. What is your process in regards to talking about that holistic aspect of a a client like that? And 
when do you refer to a naturopath or do you refer or what's your take on that? Yeah, so I definitely refer. Um, I work closely with a uh, nutritionist here in Barrel um, and she refers to me. Um, and so if I'm suspecting, it's hard to, perimenopause is really difficult as you would know because a lot of people don't know they're in it mm -hmm. so if she came to me and she didn't know she was in it I'm not really qualified to be able to work out that she's in it or not mm -hmm. if she's coming to me for skincare but then she like verbal diarrhea's out a lot about her life which often happens and I'm suspecting that some internal testing might need to happen mm -hmm. then I'll involve my nutritionist and I'll say I'll, I'll give her a full consult. I'll give her her facial. I'll prescribe what's going on for her skin. Mm -hmm. But I'll also say I'm going to put you in touch with my nutritionist and I want you to see her because I think we're going to need to do some hormonal testing and some gut health testing and have us work and correlate our responses. Mm -hmm. And that works really nicely together. I do that with acne clients now. Um, I do that with gosh, like anyone that I can see on their face that has even in adrenal stress, I'll be like, I think we need to have that checked out. I'm a huge referrer. Um, and it's funny because in the first half of my career, it was a bit too, it was a bit taboo to refer. You, everyone was very cagey. They were like, no, 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 like you won't refer your client because you'll lose them. I don't believe that at all now. I refer left, right and centre because I believe in a really holistic, almost community style of um of healing our clients mm -hmm. so and I, I there's so much power in referring because the client's just going to get so much out of it so a hundred percent I refer I've got a few different people that I choose specifically according to what I think they need I don't refer the one client to like 50 different practitioners um, because that's overwhelming for the client but yes absolutely if I feel um, the need to refer I will and so to be honest there's probably about 40 percent of people I refer and we share the care and to be honest, like it's such an important part because that client isn't going to be able to get to treat, the root cause, treat the cause of their perimenopausal issues that are their dysregulation of their hormones that's way out of balance. Exactly. Until you do refer and until you do get that testing done, until that exactly. practitioner can see where everything is black and white. I I I'm not, I like to test but I also like to uh, call back on naturopathic diagnostics and things like that, which is more yeah. of an older style method. But I still think at the end of the day, testing is the gold standard. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, if you can test yeah. and not guess, and then yeah. you know, everybody collaborati collaboratively knows yeah. where we're at with that client. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And like something like oh, oh, I've kind of touched on a bit before, but when I was talking about scope of practice, you know, I am doing a lot of educating about scope of practice as an acne dermal clinician or as, as an acne skin therapist. And it's yeah. becoming quite a thing to kind of specialize in acne, yeah. which I am endorsing, obviously, because, you know, you can't I be know. the best at you can't be yeah. the best at everything. So you may yeah. have to take the stress off yourself and, you know, specialize in one area. So yeah. you mentioned something when you were talking, Isabella, about, you know, there was like a lot of um, industry kind of standards that you're breaking down with you know let me pop my hands in your mouth and things things like that when yeah. Kyle kind of came to Australia what was your take at 
in that space because I'm moving naturopathy and nutrition with acne forward in the industry yeah. and there's a lot of, you know, people that's not a nice scope of practice. What, how did you go? Did you just keep educating, just telling people? And I think over time, people then understand, well, no, this is, I can do this. <laughs> 100%. You just keep doing it. You yeah. just keep doing it on repeat. And it's interesting because when I had the dermal diary um, early days, I specialized in acne. That's what I was doing. And it was wonderful. I loved it. But I also then started to attract, like at one stage, all I was doing was acne, which I loved. But I also am one of those people that loves, like my brain is never off. It's always on and it just craves challenge all the time. And then when I introduced the intrinsic, that attracted a whole new style of clientele because I had like, I was treating heaps of teen acne, which was really challenging because when you treat teen acne, you're not only treating the teenager, you're usually they're treating the mother as well. And then the, the person that holds the purse strings, which is the father, and yeah. so I found treating teen acne so much work because I was trying to almost convince three people to treat one person. Yes. Um, and I remember thinking, well, this, this is an interesting uh, market I've fallen into here because other, if it's just a woman that just wants anti-aging, I'm just convinced, I'm just like to her, okay, we're just going to treat anti-aging, whereas teen acne was really challenging. And eventually I got a bit burnt out treating teen acne because it was just so I was treating these people. It wasn't just the teen all the time. No, it was a group. It was a group. Yeah. And I, it's funny because once you treat one teen acne and solve it, then they tell their friends and the mother tells their friends. And the next minute you've got 50 million teen acnes coming through, which was great, but a lot of work. But then with the intrinsic, yeah, I just did it and did it. And the, the talking did the work for me. The word of yes. mouth did the work for me because people were like, wow, Isabella does this really unusual facial. It's the best thing I've ever had. And then they told their friends and it just, went on and on and on and you know energy goes what's the saying um where your energy where your energy where your thoughts go energy flows energy flows or something yeah it's exactly the same thing so like at the moment I've got about 50 different projects going on and I realize I'm only given each project about five percent which is really stupid because not each project won't thrive if I do that um whereas with you I think you're doing a wonderful job because if you're going to specialize specialize you're yeah. so good at it. Why not? Um, I heard a comedian one day say, you know, if you're really good at something, spend money to to really hone in on that skill. You know, if you're not good at maths, don't get a maths tutor. Ignore yeah. maths. Go lean into the skill that you're really good at. So if you're wanting to specialise in acne, acne is such a fascinating and, and such a rewarding condition to treat that, yeah, keep going, keep promoting that that's your speciality and and you'll find that you go to the top of the game and then the whole of Australia and then the world will know that that's your specialty. Yeah, that's it. And same with the therapist that I'm teaching, you know, like you were mentioning like your brains, you wired, you wanted to have the intrinsic come in. But I find with acne, you could do acne for the rest of your life. Like Absolutely. my textbook that I have, the research that I read, the articles Absolutely. that come through, the development in regards to acne and you could you could oh, go not. acne and nervous system you could go acne and uh lymphatics you could Anything. dive into lymphatic like the it's massive you know yeah. um yeah. so i yeah as much as you can specialize people might think oh i don't want to be doing you know it's once you dive into holistic acne it's definitely not just like and then there's like acne and then there's acne you know, like there's acne for level one and acne for level six, exactly. Like, so it's all different types. So, yeah, it's fascinating. I think it's yeah. 
wonderful. I think well, it's when you look at it, it's not even acne. It's really just not a even acne. symptom of something happening totally. in the body. It's an inflammatory disorder. Addressed. So yeah. you can see yourself as, because people are like, what do I call myself? I see yourself as like an acne coach. Yeah. Or walk, you know, a lot of, um, in America, a lot of people are stepping into that coaching field. And to be yeah. honest with you, in when I was at uni, my lecturers and people would be like, oh, coaches. I know. know. Like, oh, they're unqualified. Um, and, yeah. and then I'm just like, no, this no. is fantastic. It's we a good need way to describe it. Yeah, we need good... the support. We need totally. people to pass on everything that needs to be done and check in with people with their nutrition. How are they feeling? Did that work? Did that not work? You know? Totally. They that's need the support. Need. They need their hand help. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and that's especially. what I used to say. I used to say that my acne clients, I will hold your hand through this. So like you've had your consult, but but even when you're at home, like you are still my client. I'm still working on your plan the whole time. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Definitely. It doesn't just stop. Um, and because you know they go home and they live their lives and they take in information overload and then they give it to us in an hour like yeah. all right let, let, what, what do we need to do oh, yeah. um what do you see as the biggest challenge obviously education but maybe the um specifics like what do you see as the biggest challenge moving forward obviously you and me holistic like move forward to the masses we've just gone to beauty expo i was the only naturopath at expo um you know Amazing. which which was epic but yeah. like move forward we need to do it together as an industry yeah. it's a great question i think unfortunately the quality of the diploma standard in australia mm-hmm. is lacking and that's funnily enough when i got back from south africa i considered going into teaching because i've always okay. loved teaching which is so good that I'm doing it now. Um, so I went and interviewed at a few private beauty colleges and stuff, and I was just shocked at what I saw. It's just, I just don't think the standard of where these girls are getting their initial introduction and training into the beauty therapy industry um, is good. And I was trained in South Africa, and I didn't know at the time, but then when I did some research, apparently South African quality training is amongst the best in the world, and I oh. didn't know. And my training was epic. Like they were on me the whole time. In fact, I did my training in Afrikaans. They didn't teach it in English oh, wow. because the trainers to... were Afrikaans and they just refused to teach it in English. And I did kept you having have to, to learn remind... then and there Afrikaans. Oh. I learned on the spot Afrikaans. Yeah. yeah. So I could understand what they were saying. I couldn't speak it, but I could understand, which was frustrating, but also fascinating. But the standard was so incredible over here. And then when I came here and I was, meeting beauty therapists and having facials as like research. And I was so bad. That's why I'm so stoked that I get to train therapists now because I'm teaching them how to give an incredible facial because the crux of my business is that it's my touch effectively. It's how I listen to my client and nurture them. But really it's when I get them on the treatment bed and I go to work on their face and that's what I'm training. So I'm sort of physical yeah work so I'm sort of getting these therapists that are doing a, an average facial and I'm turning it into a five-star facial so unfortunately we're up against um, a low standard of quality for initial training um, and then it's convincing therapists that holistic work is the right way which means doing courses like yours upskilling in little in little chunks, upskill, upskill, upskill. Because I think a lot of people go, I've done my beauty diploma and I'm just going to rely on that for 20 years. And that's so short-sighted. 
We want to make sure that they're constantly upskilling. Every year they're committing to another course. They're broadening their, their knowledge about holistic treatment. Um, there is so much education out there that's attainable and that's affordable that there's no excuse that therapists can be putting themselves through um, and making themselves better therapists. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And like naturopathy is an ARPA registered. So, you know, having um, certain qualifications, obviously there's an undergraduate degree and there wasn't to start with and it's been a big progression into PhDs and masters and things like that. Yeah. Who actually like, what's the regulations for these, um, you know, for these beauty diplomas and things like that? Like I know it came up a little bit in regards to COVID lockdowns and the hair industry really took over and said, you know, when people could open their salons again and things like that. We don't really have a strong regulatory board, not strong enough that's worth. Mm. There's some associations like the dermal therapy associations and those sorts of things, but it's all pretty wishy-washy, which is a bit scary and like you'll see I'm a lot of on a lot of beauty forums on Facebook and people will be like oh am I allowed to do you know whatever like as chemical peel or skin needling or whatever and the bottom line is yeah you can do whatever you want which is the scariest thing of all like there's no one uh regulating or controlling what people do which is super scary. There's no regulations for laser in New South Wales or Queensland. I think there's laser regulations in WA. So I can buy an IPL today, burn you with it, and there's nothing you can do about it if you live in New South Wales because there's no regulatory board, which is crazy. So it's a bit disappointing considering we live in the first world. We live yes. in a developed country. Yes. And um, and it's a bit of a Wild West situation yes. with the industry. Um, and so I, I saw this a lot in dermatology, four years of fixing beauty therapist mistakes. Like I'll never forget I saw. Oh, my God, you would yeah, have. We saw so many disasters. One woman arrived and they needled her back in the day where it was like a big roller they needled her so aggressively that she had um, she had blood that had yeah well she the blood had burst through the dermal layer and had been trapped right under the dermal she layer like that epidermal bleeding. junction and was trapped you couldn't get it out so she had red dots all over her face yeah oh, no. like blood vet like blood blisters but too deep to extract and I remember thinking wow like this is crazy so there are some council regulations here and there that you know you're supposed to have a sink and you can't have skin penetration treatments and you've got to have a few but it's nothing major like it's pretty sad so yeah it would be amazing if there was a whole overhaul of the industry but I just I mean, I remember working in dermatology when I was, that must have been 2011, and they were working on regulations then, and it's now 2023, and this regulation still haven't come in. What have we done? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, wow, guys, this is, I'll probably be dead by the time they actually get some real regulations. Oh, my God. Yeah, I suppose so. it does come down to, you know, like I say to people, you know, like look the the look for my, look at my degrees, look at where they've studied, look at why Us. they've studied, look at, you know, what association Us. they're with. But yeah, you know, 
there's like when there's an industry that's not regulated, there's only so much you can do. And it really relies on like what we practice, what we preach is that connection, that, you know, that trust, like really you need to go in. If you're going to see anyone, you need to have an initial consult with them before they put hands on your face. A hundred percent. And I used to get asked a lot um, when I was in dermatology, what sort of questions should we ask, you know, when looking for like a laser technician, and it was so hard for me to answer because you don't even do you don't even need to do a laser safety. You can go yourself and do a laser safety certificate. I didn't. It was so bad. It didn't teach me anything. So then the problem was when people were asking me, I was like, they're like, you literally have to have an instinctive gut that this chick is gonna know what she's doing. Like read Google reviews, like hope that there's lots of Google reviews on her treatments, like ask for her qualifications, but like the laser safety certificate is so wishy-washy in itself. So, yeah, it's really hard to know where people can go and trust. But I think that's where being ethical and moral to your customers and treating them um, with long-term plans in mind. Do not do short-term treatments. If you're a buck grabber, people are going to know that quite quickly, whereas I've got 15 years of reputation that people generally know when they come they're going to get a quality, you know, safe, valued treatment. So you need to really work on your reputation and protect it and have morals and ethics and work, have a philosophy that backs that all the time is put your money where your mouth is, stand up for your truth, educate properly you know be honest mm. the basics and then the biggest thing that comes up for me is confidence confidence be yeah. confident be yeah. confident in how you want to treat not how the yeah. industry wants you to no. treat you know? treat how you know how to treat you mm. know let them do I'd say put your blinkers on and let your competitors do what they're doing and you just focus on your client don't yeah. worry about what everyone else is doing you just do you that's it that's that's definitely right um Isabella, can you tell us a little bit about your next intrinsic facial training, where it is, what's the dates, yes. Yes. everything like that? Yeah, so it's February 5 to 8, 2024. Okay. So next February, it's in Barrel. I hire a magnificent house. It's, it's four beautiful. days, fully catered, um, and it's intense. You know, you need to be fully prepared to physically work, Um I only take 14 students specifically. It's seven on the bed and seven off the bed. So while seven are on, we're training those seven and then they switch. So I'm never more than about a metre away from every student and I'm constantly on looking over shoulders, checking technique. The reason, again, that I only take 14 is because everyone treats very differently. Like I had a client, I had a student that had very short thumbs. She was a very small girl and she had short thumbs. So we had to ergonomically work out the best way for her to treat her client and place yeah. on her shoulders. That takes time. So I need to make sure that I've got the right amount of students and can give them the right amount of time. Um, yeah, so it's, um, what did I say? Yeah, five, five to seven. If people want to read about other people's experiences, they can Google um, Isabella Lonrigan's skin and there'll be a bunch of reviews to see what other people have written mm-hmm. um, about their experience. And also if they want more information directly from me, they can book a, a discovery call. I spend yeah. 30, about 30 minutes on the phone to each student understanding their history, their philosophy, what, why they want to do the course. And then I also educate them about everything they're going to get in the course. I think it's very important that people know what they're getting 
um, when they sign up and spend money with you. So I understand that they want to know what they're going to get. It's fully certified. Um, and I basically hold the student's hand the whole way through. Yeah, it's an amazing, intrinsic, uh, highly professional course. I I obviously wanted to come down. I couldn't make it last time. So one of these days I'm going to yes, come down. We'll get you down so I'm going sure. to get amongst everything. Yes. Um, so it's Can't on my wait. list. I'm away February, but the next uh, one I next would love time. to come down. I'll have another one. Yeah, for sure. And is there anything else that you would like to add, Isabella? Uh, no, I just want to say you're doing an amazing job. I'm in awe of you. You're just oh, phenomenal. You. Your qualifications and experience are just just amazing. So congratulations on all you're achieving. I just am watching from the sidelines thinking you're just killing it. You're just doing such a good job. Oh, thank you. That's so nice to receive that from, you know, yourself in the industry with the no. similar goals as mine, you know, yeah, um, I believe trying, trying to level up the industry in regards to holistics because my brain doesn't work any other way rather yeah. than treating the cause of what's yes. actually happening here yeah um yeah. you know I can't just do you know to just support the facials and the peels and things There's like no that point. that's a part yeah. of the process but it's not treating the cause a hundred percent I totally agree so no keep going and I'm um I'm applauding you constantly from the sidelines as I said yeah, thank you, Isabella, and thank no you for problem. your time and coming in today. If, no problem. If anybody has more questions that they would like to ask Isabella or myself, feel free to send them through on either of our direct um, messages on Instagram. Um, we may, you know, there has been a few today. We have to finish up, but there has been a few that have kind of come through. We may do a live, yeah. um, you know, so watch this space. I love collaborating yeah. with Isabella and, you know, we can just chat and, yeah. you know, it's an open conversation. So don't ever feel like anything's a silly question. Um, now's your time to send it through and we can hold another space, you know, maybe on an Instagram live where it's more interactive and you can jump in and ask more questions. Can't wait. Yeah, me too. Hey. We'll have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you for listening. And I invite you to check out my Instagram. Let me know what resonated with you from this episode. And if you have any questions, you can find me at skincare underscore academy underscore. And I'm really looking forward to chatting with you, meeting you. And I hope you have the most amazing day. And I cannot wait to see you again.